Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Cohen and I'm joined by a faker doll, Larry Blake. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. Uh, gearing up for Christmas, I guess. Yeah? Yeah. How's that going for you? Because yeah. you love Christmas. Oh, I, <laughs> I adore Christmas. Oh, thank you for the, uh, the edits I had to do yesterday as well. All the <laughs> What? <laughs> the um, NXT podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to have to do that or not. I was just thought you might just leave it in. I, well, I very nearly <laughs> didn't spot it because you didn't do a clap. To say <laughs> no, that's, we did discuss the clap as well. In I know, the I, kept, I kept all that in. Uh, that's <laughs> but I just listened, I was like, there's a lot of murmuring going on here. I better just check. And it was you going, oh. I'm sure Luke will catch it. And I was like, well, well, I better go back and find out what it is I need to catch. And then after I'd edited it, Simon came in and was like, oh, yeah, by the way, Laurie did a swear on the podcast. <laughs> it just felt right when I did it. It just it felt like the thing I needed to say at that yeah. exact moment in time. But anyway, how was your Christmas shopping and everything going? Well, shopping's not even started yet. My family are really hard to buy for because they just buy what they want when mm. they want it. And then when you do buy them something that they didn't want, they're like... I didn't really want this, <laughs> so it's a bit like Great. yeah, it's hard. It's a very, it's a very tough one. And then obviously my sister only gets the same present every year, yeah, um, and that's the only one she cares about. So you're only really buying from a very short selection of things, which is something that will entertain her for five minutes. Yep, while she does the same thing she's been doing since 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like it just becomes a bit. It's a bit of a puzzle, I think. Yeah. Um, but I'll crack it. You'll crack. You'll get there in the end. Yeah, I imagine. Have you got so. your secret Santa sorted out yet? No, but I had a good think about it this morning, so I think I've worked out what it will be. Nice. Uh, so, granted, then. I don't know when we're doing the Christmas show anyway. No, I would have thought before the um, the party, the party, our Christmas party. So, oh, get, get tanked up. <laughs> I can't get too tanked Thomas up. Thomas Tank. I can't get too tanked up at our Christmas party. No. I've got to drive the following day. Oh, I've got to drive back to my in-laws because my sister-in-law's coming back from Thailand. So have... I, I can't go heavy. No, I could stay out late, but I cannot go heavy. Like I cannot go home drunk. You could go heavy early. 
and then and then, then spend have a, like have a sad hour <laughs> while still out. That's what I say. Just like just stand outside for an hour and let the cold really sober me up. Yeah, I think just and then look to get on the train. Just sit and have a have a bit about your feelings for a, oh, yeah, for yeah, a while, yeah. and then be like, okay, well, now now that I've got a headache, I know that I'll be okay tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. Just take some Go ibuprofen. Home, have, yeah, have a Barocca. <laughs> Go home, and it'll be fine. Maybe that could be the plan. Yeah, who knows? Or drive really fast to your in-laws. Well, um, I, I don't really fancy too much of that. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, no, let, let's, let's not. Toot, toot. <laughs> um, we had a conversation on a previous podcast uh, about, not you and I, because mm-hmm. you and I haven't done a podcast together for ages. It's been a long time, yeah. It's been a long, old time. Because um, you're with that blackened gold dork brand. Brilliant brand. The best one. With all the best brand. All the developmental lads and lasses on it. Yeah. Um, but me and Ollie were having a conversation WWE's about WWE's t-shirt company. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, sorry. Ooh, they're yeah, no, not good not, at t-shirts oh, down there, bring, are they? No, let's not bring that one up. I mean, it's either Jordan. It's either a terrible design or it's a really offensive one. Mm. It's either or, I think, with uh, with NXT. Yeah. Um, but me and Ollie were talking about advent calendars, and we weren't sure whether or not the Americans had advent calendars. Mm. I wasn't sure. But we had this email in from Lucas, who said, Happy Thanksgiving from Texas to all the rest of Talk crew, uh, and all that, uh, all but that darn uh, roll arling Randy Andy Datsun. Yes, I'm still holding that grudge. Um, well, you're in luck. He's on tomorrow's show. Mm. He's on the SmackDown review uh, with Ollie Davis, and he is so excited. Right in. Call him a twat. <laughs> 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 Uh, he, uh, Lucas continues Shame um, we're not doing super chats this week <laughs> No, because they'll all be massively in support of him No The, 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 the chat loves Randy Because he's the producer He was chatting to them all the time back yeah. in the day I say back in the day, it was six months ago mm. So the chat loves Randy Sycophant <laughs> Lucas continues It's been a while since I emailed you guys But never stopped listening and watching I was listening to a recent Wrestle Ramble It's the Russell Talk podcast, thank you very much uh, It will always be the ramble to me No, it's not When you mention advent calendars In America, we do have advent calendars But in recent years, the wine advent calendar has been super popular I've attached a picture and a link to one uh, Keep up the amazing work, gentlemen I truly enjoy all your consistently consistent content But yes, Luca and I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old And decorating the house for Christmas Makes me uh, love this holiday even more Trust me, when you're blessed with your own children It will make you love this holiday even more um, yeah, so he has sent a picture of a wine calendar where essentially you open up the door and you get a little tiny bottle of wine inside. That sounds fantastic because that would go so well with a cheese calendar I wasn't allowed to buy the other day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if this will put you off, but it is 140 bucks. Doesn't put me off. I mean, granted, it is 24 days of wine. Yeah, or one really big sesh. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, true. I forgot a few days. Or Best open them all. Medium-sized sesh yeah. in London. Well, I saw that. Um, do you know Sean Welby? I do not. She's a, she was a, she was a uh, weather presenter on Channel Five News. Mm-hmm. Um, she does uh, heart radio and stuff. She posted a tweet to say, like, came in tipsy and look what happened. And half her advent calendar had been ripped <laughs> open on like December the third. I was like, that is ridiculous. Um, Have you got an advent calendar? No. No, we well, I wasn't allowed, allowed to buy. One. I wasn't allowed to buy the cheese one. Why Luke? not? I can't stress this enough. <laughs> so why weren't you allowed to buy the cheese? Well, one? Let's think, break that down. Because I don't think I was allowed to hang it where the other advent <laughs> calendars hung because it might have started smelling when it was above the radiator. <laughs> so yeah, you'd have to keep it in the fridge, right? Yeah, I know, and that kind of defeats the point. I guess they yeah. are an item that you want to have scattered around. I also think the chocolate tastes. Nah. Well, we were talking about this. It's, like it's, it's crap chocolate. Yeah, there is like two crap chocolate makers that have got the monopoly on mm. advent calendars that just make bad 
bad tasting chocolate. Yeah, and then and then you've got the things of like you know you buy your own advent calendar, but then you fill it with things, and it's like well, well that's what Ollie Davis has got this year, and that's what me and uh, my wife have got because my we were bought one like a, a specially handcrafted one as a wedding gift, right? Which is it quite lovely. We haven't sounds got anything in it. like a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. We put love hearts in ours. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were just going to put random stuff in there, but you knew what it was. Yeah, I then... mean ours is open faced, so it's... oh, okay, so you yeah. already know. Yeah. Do you ever switch it around so you get something quicker? <laughs> no. Or is it just all love hearts? I mean, it's just all love hearts. Oh, okay. Well, that's even more pointless. I'd be like, I want a hierarchy of things. Like, am I going to do like a build, a slow build to Christmas of yeah. like, you know, it's just a rich tea biscuit day one. <laughs> but by the end of it, you know, it's a, it's a whole camembert. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the cheese. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the cheese advent calendar. But like, you know. Yeah. But okay. So were the 24 different cheeses? Is that what it was? Or was it one? Is it 24 of one cheese? Oh, look, I think it was 24 of five things from one cheese manufacturer's product line. Okay. Dr. Erker, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who. So you think like a baby bell in one? Yeah. Well, and I like paid a little very, bit of... Look, you know, like rightly so, I was told not to buy it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> however, I I got blown away by the idea of there being a cheese advent calendar. I was like, I want that. They're pretty good. Like I've seen like gin advent calendars. Yeah, I'm uh, into that. Into that. Uh, beer 52. Our good friends of beer 52 have a beer based one that you can buy. But again, it's quite. Is that full bottles? Yeah, full bottles. Yeah. And it's, how big are the wines in the wine advent calendar? Uh, oh, I've just deleted the email now. But they're like tiny. I think they're like tiny bottles. Oh, they're like little, half like, taster bottles. Yeah, maybe like half bottles. Like oh, certainly not like a full okay. one and a half liter. I mean, I want. Is that what? A, is that how much wine is? Like, how much is wine 70, is in a like bottle? Like a seventy centiliter bottle. Is that a seventy cell? Not like yeah. uh, one and a half liters. I'm thinking of um, uh, Sainsbury's when they used to have their their house wine, mm. the house white suave. You could buy it in a regular sized bottle or in a double sized bottle. Oh, that yeah. was a pound cheaper. A magnum of house wine. Please. It really was. I mean, so me and my well, my wife, my girlfriend at the time were like. Well, we'll just buy the big, massive one. Yeah, of course then, you would. And then you don't realize that you've then just drunk... The big, massive the one. The big, massive one. And you feel rotten. And you order some pizza at 1 a.m., <laughs> fall asleep, miss the doorbell going, and then wake up at 3 and be like, where's the pizza at? Mm. <laughs> and then you call up the pizza people who are just about to leave and be like, you didn't deliver our pizza. <laughs> no, we did. It's on your doorstep. <laughs> well, they just took it back. No. It's like, can we have it, please? And they're like, I'll drop it off on my way home. Stone cold by the time we got it. it was oh, horrible. yeah, of course it was. It was two hours later. <laughs> it was gross. It was one of the worst pieces I've ever had. <laughs> it was your fault. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think in a roundabout way, we could probably blame Sainsbury's. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, right, we've got to dive into the show itself. And we are asking the question why have no matches been announced for WWE TLC, which, lest we forget, is in a week's time? What? Here's the show. TLC is next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Going by this past Monday's Raw, you wouldn't know. Because no. while there are storylines going on, nothing has been announced for the show so far. In fact, if you go to www.com, TLC isn't even listed in their premier shows coming up. No. You have to go to the page from last year, which tells you that Asuka won the ladder match. <laughs> that is, so WWE.com have got nothing mm-hmm. on this on tv they've announced nothing granted smackdown <coughs> is tonight we might get our first match announcement tonight mm-hmm. um and it's been written in the observer that there is a reason behind there being no matches announced and this is actually it's in theory all by design there's a ladder shortage 
Perhaps there's a ladder shortage, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Dave Meltzer writes, WWE sent the target center where the match is being held three matches several weeks pro- uh, several weeks back to start advertising, which were Bobby Lashley versus Rusev, Asuka and Kairi Sane versus Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch in a TLC match, and Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. At the time, all three matches were actually scheduled for the show as opposed to just matches sent to the arena to give something to advertise. All three matches are still scheduled for the show, but one of the reasons nothing else has been advertised and directions aren't even clear on television is because Vince McMahon hasn't made final decisions. Right. So we've got a few kind of storylines going on on TV at the moment. Yeah. You've got Fiend's Daniel Bryan uh, with The Miz in there as well. Uh, you've got uh, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles which has just sort of started recently, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. So there are some matches that are being sort of like teased. teased. Yeah. But as it currently stands at the moment, if you want to believe the word of Big Daddy Dave, nothing is finalized yet. No. But because Vince has only really signed off on like seemingly three pseudo matches. Mm. And also because all that stuff coming out about like the reason the Rusev Bobby Lashley Lana thing is still going on because he thinks it's amazing. He loves it. He thinks it's the best storyline going. Yeah. And genuinely is praising them all for their performances in it and the reaction they're getting. So clearly in his head, he's got a main event and there's no need for the rest of the show. And this they're just going to yeah. do 100 arrest angles and then eventually <laughs> there'll be a TLC match. And this, you know, this happened at Hell in a Cell only a few months back. And he announced three matches. Like, mm-hmm. on, like before the day of the show, there was only three matches announced. You had Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, Becky versus Sasha for the Raw Women's title, and Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Harper and Rowan. Yeah. But on the day of the show, there was just this massive influx of matches announced yeah. on Twitter. Like, you know, sort of about five hours before the show started. Mm-hmm. And apparently that is also, that's by design. That's what they're intending to do. This is again from Meltzer. He said, McMahon's new philosophy is that the pay-per-views are all about network signups as opposed to the limited pay-per-view business still being done. The belief based on pattern of signups is they are uh, is that they are big the last day of the show and not before. So unlike ticket sales, which come a month or uh, more in advance and pay-per-view parties, which are arranged days, if not weeks, to plus out, the dynamic is completely different and there is no need to rush anything. Yeah, it's granted Survivor Series had key matches announced further ahead, although the NXT team was not announced until the last minute. Sure, and I, I actually quite understand that because, like, you could you could advertise Hell in a Cell the whole pay per view before we knew that the match was going to be a train wreck. <laughs> you could advertise the whole of Hell in a Cell off the fact that the Fiend is going to take on Seth Rollins for the Universal Title because people are excited by that. Yeah, I was excited about the Sasha Banks Becky match. I thought that was going to be amazing, and, and it, it turned was. out that was the match of the oh, night. Oh, so good. Um, so, uh, yeah, you definitely can just go on the shows, especially when it's not, um, I guess, like Survivor Series is different because you, you know there's just going to be a men's match and a women's match. And that's kind of, you know, the what you need to advertise is the personnel. Mm-hmm. It's, it needs to be it's the who's more interesting than sort of the what. Yeah. Um, whereas Hell in a Cell, who is going to be, and again, I think with Hell in a Cell, you know there's going to be these big Hell in a Cell matches. But it is really, really important to drill down and be like, there's these two people and you don't necessarily know that anyone's going to be in a in a cell match going into yeah. it. So I, I think in in that same regard here, it would be important to have these big matches announced. Yeah, at least a couple of them. Maybe now to get people to feel like it's actually going to be an important event that you know the people who already have subscriptions maybe want to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the moment it's you know it doesn't feel like an important show because mm. nothing's been announced for it. But also it makes it. But it also makes the other parts of the product, the Raws, the Smackdowns, the NXTs, if NXTs involved in that pay per view, not feel essential to watch. 
Yeah. Because sometimes if you know that they're going to have, if you know there's going to be a big match here, you're going to watch the show to see the build to the match. Completely. Um, whereas if you're now just getting no idea of the program, I don't care. Like, you know, <laughs> if, if the only thing I've heard about TLC so far is that Rusev is taking on Lashley. Well, we assume. Yeah. Like, as we know, that that is currently on the table. Yeah, yeah. and that's, and that's I mean, the, that's the closest to hard evidence that we have that something <laughs> yeah. is happening. Hard evidence. Um, but, like, I, I don't care about mm. that match. I don't care to tune into Raw to see more build to it, particularly. Mm-hmm. I feel like, they, obviously, the storyline's had a bit of a turnaround in recent weeks, at least trying to do something that resembling a proper story. And as Ollie and I said on the Raw episode, it is over. Yeah. Like, I'm not into that storyline at all, but yeah. you can't argue that the storyline isn't over with the live crowd. Because the well, live crowd just love it. The thing is, Rusev, ha- they, live crowds love things that don't happen in the ring, where people get arrested and, mm. like, dragged away, and they're like, oh no, he's being dragged away. He's back! Ah! <laughs> yeah. And that is that storyline over and over again. Oh, it's been the same week for like, it's yeah. been the same for like eight weeks in a row. Yeah, and it works in a live room, but watching it on telly, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's actually quite. This is the same again. I've got to wonder, with that Rusev thing, because you mentioned there was that report that mm. Vince McMahon thinks the storyline is great and loves it. That is almost word for word what Rusev said in his interview. Yeah. And I'm now starting to wonder whether Rusev's interview was a big piss take, being like, I'm just going to say what McMahon keeps saying, that mm. it's the best storyline going, but in like the, a really mocking way. Look, Rusev, <laughs> I think that Rusev has run out of Fs to give. And, <laughs> yeah. the re- and part of the reason I think in places the storyline has been working is because he's just gone, ah, do you know what? Sod it. I'm yeah. just going to go for it. Just going to keep going, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of clearly what's happened here. So I think it is an interesting viewpoint to not announce a card ahead of time and just wait until like the last day. You know, maybe announce one or two matches, three matches, and then the last day you announce eight um, to build your full card. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Um and it's, you know, it's, it's very counter to what the old pay-per-view model was, which was you announce as far ahead of time so you can build interest and build interest and build interest to make people buy the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Or for a live uh, perception, you want to announce matches that people want to get tickets for to see live. Sure. Whereas now, because WWE have spent the last 20 years telling you that the wrestlers are not important, the brand is, you're just buying mm-hmm. tickets because a WWE pay-per-view is coming to town. So you want to go to the WWE pay-per-view. It doesn't really matter what's on it. At what's on it, exactly. Yeah, you just kind of sort of hopeful that it's good. You just got to go there and just be yeah. like, well, I'm paying to see a WWE pay-per-view. And the logic here, I guess, with the sort of getting eight matches announced on the day is that you bombard people's social media feeds with the fact that the, th- the show is happening tonight. Get people oh, talking. Oh, by the way, you get the pay-per-view for free if you subs- if you... You get the first like month free or whatever when you subscribe yeah. to WWE Network anyway. So you're going to get the pay-per-view for free so you can watch it and then ha 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 you didn't delete your credit card details <laughs> did you so we're just taking your monthly fee now because there is that report as well that came out uh, I think a couple of days ago that said that for the first time in quite a while it looks like the network is going to have under a million subscribers mm-hmm. for this month and it might drop so when the, the quarter comes out next year it will be the first time that it, it did dip under a million it will have picked back up because of the, the rumble will have picked people back in yeah. but we are in a period now where like interest is low yeah. And perhaps not announcing things ahead of time is affecting that. However, on that day, on Sunday, next Sunday, they announce eight matches. Yeah. We're using eight as a bit of an arbitrary number, but like for, for the sake of argument, they announce eight matches, bombard social media with it. 
you are going to like, oh, actually, wow, yeah, I, I'm yeah. quite excited for this now. It's only in a few hours as well. Tick, 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 tap, 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 and I'm signed up again, and I'm watching the show. Well, it's the difference between uh, you walking in. I think it's like the difference between like you're at a bus stop, and there's an advert for a chocolate on the bus stop, and you're like, oh, I'm quite near a shop. I'm going to walk all the way to the shop, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to find this chocolate, and I'm going to really care about the purchase of this chocolate. This is the reason I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Or being at the till, having already done your weekly shop and then seeing the chocolate there and just going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that, but that yeah. level of care, I guess, is not really what I want from something that's meant to hook me in with a story. Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah, I guess it's the difference between like, yeah, sure, I would just love to watch good wrestling. Everyone likes watching good wrestling. Um, that's why we watch NXT every week. But exactly, but, but also like, it's the reason partly Survivor Series was such a tantalizing prospect because there wasn't, I wouldn't say the build to Survivor Series was like, blow your mind amazing no but the combinations of people made it seem special and interesting mm -hmm. so i guess like that's not how you do a long-term product that people actually invest in though that's how you do like a one-off special show that you're going to make people go i'm going to come for this one thing like wrestlemania is the same sort of deal i think often that it's like well it's going to be a spectacle like yeah. the rock might be there batista's here this year that I mean, yeah, kind you, of stuff you sell tickets for wrestlemania yeah. eight months out yeah and people buy them without knowing what that main event's well, going like to be like the glastonbury sort of thing of like, yeah, yeah, people just buy glastonbury tickets not knowing yeah. who's going to be actually performing you just got to hope that it's yeah. someone good but they but even for wrestlemania they <laughs> still built a storyline with batista like <laughs> yeah. you know you could have just said batista's here no i think most people would just been like that's cool yeah exactly like, he's a legitimate hollywood star now <laughs> I, so i actually i he's don't trying to boink dana brooke <laughs> this has been uh, the greatest storyline of 2019 really. that honestly uh, if that's not in our moments of the like moments of the decade i yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> i'm quitting i'm quitting i actually don't disagree with this methodology i really don't i actually think it's it's you know in this sort of 2019 2020 digital age it's not the worst idea in the world, particularly if network subscribers is the most important thing to yep. you. There is, of course, the, the the backlash that it could have that you could kill a town where people are being like, well, I bought tickets for this show, but I don't know what I'm getting until I get there. Yep. So I'm not going to buy tickets next time you come into town because I don't want to get burned again. Yep. Like, There's only so many times you can kill a crowd before they stop going. And it'd be, But it'd be interesting to see that if, you know, like the tactic is get people to sign up on the day to get the pay-per-view on the network. But if, if network figures are dipping, sure, you get this boost on the day of the pay-per-view going out. Mm -hmm. But how many people cancel that subscription before the, the whatever it is, trial that they're given runs out oh, or yeah. like immediately one month after having it? Like that's the kind of figure that you really want to take into account. Yeah. That's, the, that's the figure I'd be really interested to see was like how many people just sign up for one specific pay-per-view because they're bombarded on that one day. Yeah. And they think, oh, I've got nothing to do tonight. You know, that's why I got back into wrestling, because I was like, I've got nothing to do tonight. Is any <laughs> wrestling on? Oh my God, it's WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here are the matches that we uh, believe are going to be announced for the show, at least based on what television is, is telling us. Um, as I said, there's the three matches which look like they are definitely going to be happening, which is Bobby Lashley versus Rusev, Kabuki Warriors versus Flair and Lynch in a TLC match for the tag titles, and Reigns versus King Corbin. Um, and we believe the other two matches that are, according to Melter, unlikely to be changed mm -hmm. are Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy and the Viking Raiders versus the OC for the Raw tag straps. Why the OC? I guess they're the best tag team in the world. Yeah. Because it's not like they're in a storyline. Do they the cash in their ludicrous trophy? Well, so, that would give it a point. I'll swap you this. 
Um, and we've also got uh, Fiend versus Daniel Bryan over on SmackDown. But there has been some talk, uh, at least according to Dave Meltzer, that that match could be postponed. Like the rematch could be postponed and done later down the line. And they'll do Fiend versus Miz at mm. TLC instead to kind of uh, like to keep that plate spinning, but just put Miz in the place of Bryan. Bro, I, like you should do that. Yeah, I think absolutely you should. You should keep Bryan away from the from the Fiend for a little while. Bryan versus Bryan That's versus Fiend match. at Mania. Is the match. Go full yes. Yeah, I say Brian versus Fiend, yeah. Yeah, yeah go full yes movement. Yeah. Yes, all mania returns. That's the match you run with. Oh, yeah. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura defending the icy title against Braun Strowman. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've had a good run, Shinsuke. <laughs> uh, New Day versus Rudolph, the Rando tag team for the SmackDown tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Seth versus Becky. So at the moment, no SmackDown. Seth Smack- versus Kevin. What did I say? Becky. I mean, it could. Be. Where did you get Becky? Where did you get Becky from? Ah, no, I think it's because I was naked. That's look- a home thing. I was looking- <laughs> that's that's it's because I was looking at Bailey. Days off. I was looking at Bailey as the oh, as the right, next name okay. I was going to say. Um, yeah, Seth versus Kevin Owens. <laughs> do apologise. Um, but yeah, that means there's uh, likely at the, uh, currently no SmackDown Women's Championship match for Bailey mm-hmm. after she took the pinfall or the tap out in um, Survivor <coughs> Series. Nothing for Ray after just winning the United States Championship. Mm-hmm. And, of course, nothing for Brock. But I Brock, think that's yeah. unsurprising. Apparently, he's not going to be back until the Rumble. He only likes to be in ladder matches when he wasn't meant to be in <laughs> Exactly. I'm not taking those bumps. <laughs> Get out of town. Ridiculous. I, like, Randy Orton has been... Uh, he's a master at not taking bumps in ladder matches. Mm. But even Brock Lesnar goes like, that kid works too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing that. You're not going to see 50. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think uh, about this? Let us know in the comments. Do you think that it's a good idea that WWE do not announce matches before the pay-per-view starts or, you know, announce two or three matches? Or do you think that, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it? And announcing matches ahead of time has, has always worked for them. Aside from the fact that it just it cocks up us doing prediction videos. Yeah. I think I think somewhere, in, realistically, I think somewhere in between is the best thing to do is, like, announce your biggest matches um, and then you can fill in with the sort of other stuff. But as long as the other stuff has also had some build, yeah, that's when I, like I'm cross when there's no build. Yeah, when it's anything. just a random match, and it's just like here's a random match. Like, and I get you can do that sometimes with people who haven't been featured on TV quite as heavily. Like, but like if the Viking Raiders are taking on the OC, that feels like a storyline that could have been really good if you'd have done it properly. Yeah, but instead we've just been doing like the OC have just been knocking around following AJ, so it's. You know, you kind of are wasting opportunities to tell more than four stories in your massive wrestling promotion. It's three hours of, long. With loads of TV time. Yes. Like, oodles of TV time throughout the week. It's funny as well because I always think back to... And now a show discussing the minutiae <laughs> of the TV time. Sorry, I do apologise if I sound a bit... I'm really bunged up at the moment, so I'm, I'm trying not to phlegm everywhere as I'm currently live yeah, on air. I'm wearing a white jumper. No, I know. I'm, I'm try- so I'm trying to like drink... I'm trying to get the phlegm... There's actually perspex in it, so it's fine. <laughs> trying to get you the phlegm like back down, like to my throat, and then I can have some tea to try and wash the phlegm back. Mm. That's that's my current aim. It's not overly working at the moment, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm sorry that things got really gross on <laughs> WrestleTalk Live today, folks. But the, I, I always think back to 13 you years over, ago. You over-described what's <laughs> happening in your mouth. That's good. Um, Tyler, your sex tape. Um, <laughs> I always think back to 13 years ago, uh, ECW December to Dismember, mm-hmm. a pay-per-view that is lauded as one of the worst WWE-produced 
pay-per-views of all time. We've reviewed it for WrestleTalk Extra on our, our Patreon. It's a dreadful show. So don't make us do it again. It's like two hours and 15 minutes long, and it feels about four hours. It is a bad, 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 bad show. And part of the reason why it is a bad, 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 bad show is because it had two matches announced ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It had the Hardy Boys versus Eminem in a, in a once-in-a-lifetime match. And I think they did the match again. And I think they did... Uh, and the uh, the Elimination Chamber. The, the John Cena reading of once-in-a-lifetime. <laughs> yeah. And um, the uh, Elimination Chamber uh, for the ECW title. But Paul Heyman's plan there was, I'm only going to announce two matches because that's what we used to do back in the day for ECW. And it used to work out pretty, like, pretty well for us, despite the fact that you know they never turned a profit. And that match, can, that pay-per-view tanked because no one was interested. Yeah. Because they were like, I'm not interested in, I mean, like, I'm intrigued by those two matches, but I'm not dying to see them. So I'm yeah. not going to buy the pay-per-view. And then, when you sh- and then those who did turn to buy the pay-per-view got the great Carly versus Tommy Dreamer or some nonsense. If I remember correctly, Tommy Dreamer certainly involved in it. And it was just uh, Balls Mahoney versus Matt Striker. Mm. The FBI versus um, Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai. It was just really dross undercard nonsense. Yeah. And that one pay-per-view tanked the ECW Revival brand, and caused Paul Heyman to be fired. Mm-hmm. And you cut 13 years later, that's now the business model. Yeah. Like, that's now, like, be like, just announce two matches, and then we'll just bombard it on the day. But I guess the on thing, social but, media. But, that's the thing, but that's, that times have changed. Maybe, that, but maybe that's a bigger argument. Maybe that's a, you know, there's the argument that the business itself has actually kind of flipped on its head now, and the, the money's actually in the TV deal, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, and not in the pay-per-view. So... I don't know, maybe maybe pay per views are dead ting. Like, well, pay per views are one hundred percent. In WWE's eyes, where they're one hundred percent a dead format. Yeah, exactly, and that's and <clears throat> that's the point, I guess, is like if they're not the thing making you money, um, you don't need to treat them as special. But you're trying to storyline wise tell yeah. the fans that they are special, and then you're doing all of your big matches and all of your uh, newsworthy moments and all of your like best wrestling and saving it all up for this thing that nobody's watching and yeah. doesn't earn you any money it does make sense <laughs> to just be like well screw it let's just not announce anything and just have like gubbins happen yeah, on them exactly. like, because it's much better for a big match to happen on Fox yeah. on Smackdown and get those ratings in yeah Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. 
until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But now we're going to dive into some crap gimmicks. They make their return after a one-week hiatus. If you want to submit your own crap gimmick, email me, Luke at WrestleTalk.com. One more time, that is Luke at WrestleTalk.com with your ideas for crap gimmicks, uh, where we, the bookers, then read your submissions and see if we want to sign them to CG Dub. And then they'll get a trading card made by Artman Lou. We're looking at some merchandise options for some of our characters as well with our brand new lovely merchandise that I'm currently displaying here. Um, and Artman Lou has been creating these characters in 2K20. So I think if you use the CGW as like one of your search parameters... You can find them. He's got some really, really good ones. Do you know, in we'll there. start doing that on Twitch. That's a thing we haven't been doing. I'm sorry if you are also one of the poor souls who does own WWE 2K20. <laughs> feel your pain. They um they had the audacity uh, yesterday to share like um what's your favorite um what's your favorite intergender tag team to try and capitalize on this Batista Dana Brooke thing? Yeah, and had the audacity to show a screenshot of their own game where Batista does not look like Batista. Batista looks like the Pepper Army Man. It's horrifically bad. Mm. It's. I remember when they, you know, they released the, that image and it was the, uh, the character select screen mm-hmm. and had all those awful, awful, awful renders of wrestlers. Oh, yeah. And you had the... And Dane t- is one of the bad ones as well. And like. you had the 2K20 stands who were just like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> they just picked a bad shot. That's just, it's a freeze frame on a, a bad image. Yeah. They can't be blamed for this. It's going to be good. The game's worse. The game's actually somehow worse than it was first expected. all the 2K20 stands of all all the creators who were doing 2K20 and sticking up for it before it came out all sort of going now like, I think I might move on to something else. Uh, And those same creators were the ones who were giving me stick. Because I I said that having The Fiend as a pre-order bonus is really bad because you don't know if the game's going to be good. And they were like, well, pre-ordering game's not bad at all. We know the game's going to be good because we've played all the other games. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to pre-order the They're game. They're not going to fundamentally change anything about this game at all. Oh, no, oh no, dear, no, yeah. No, so, are. you know, I'm not going to say, I don't want to put my hands up and say, like, turns out I was right, but... It turned out I was right. Oh, you didn't put your hands up, though. Ah, yeah, well, it turned out I was right. Anyway, so um, our first crap gimmick comes in from Brendan Miller, who says, Hey there, Luke, Ollie, El Fagador, Laurie Blake. I was into the podcast where you guys were talking about the Detective Pikachu movie. Uh, I must admit... Day I'm... Peace. <laughs> what did you call yeah, Daddy Peace. Daddy Peace. Uh, I'm more than a bit keen to see it too. I was inspired to try and come up with a Pokemon-themed crap gimmick, so here we go. Including Rest Hold'em, the mm. Wrestlemon trainer. Rest, having become a Pokemon master, has turned his attention to capturing and training Wrestlemon. Rest, obviously a full-grown male, yet somehow still only looks 10 years old, comes to the ring dressed a lot like a well-known well, other, uh, well 
known trainer. Baseball cap, blue jacket and jeans. Uh, he en- never enters the ring, taking up positions on the opposite side of the ring and waits for his opponent. Once the opponent enters the ring, Rest pulls out his trusty WrestleDex, a handheld computer that has all the information of the wrestler, uh, and the WrestleDex gives him the CGW wrestlers uh, and fight types, and for example, WrestleBot, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I choose you. He then yells, and underneath the ring, a person comes up, dressed as a Pokemon, to enter the ring where a battle begin. Upon winning a match, Rest will try and capture the opponent uh, and try to, uh, but to no luck, he figures he hasn't damaged them enough, but uh, vows to catch them next time. So it is Pokemon trainer, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. Does he shout their moves? I mean, he doesn't, I don't think he notices here, but he probably should do. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Uh, I quite like the idea of a, like, a, I told him to do that wrestler. Yeah. Like, as like, as like a manager. Yeah. So like, this is definitely a manager who has like three wrestlers within his stable. And those yeah. three wrestlers kind of like stand to the ring and he'll look at it and look at his wrestle decks and be like, okay, well, we're facing WrestleBot tonight. I choose you. And then that person comes out the ring and he's the person that's WrestleBot's yeah. facing that evening. Imagine if he was like, if he had like Luchasaurus, <laughs> Rhino, <laughs> and, and some sort of other animal one. Yeah. Awesome Kong. Like, uh, <laughs> The animal like, Dave Batista. Yeah, the animal Dave Batista. Like if you if you did that sort of thing, it I guess yeah, that could be quite fun. Mm-hmm. I think maybe not, maybe a bit uh, copyright infringy though on the old Pokemon oh. side of things. No, we'll take the um, the smash up approach. Oh yeah, the, the cease and desist pack. Mm, we'll true. go we'll go with that style. Oh okay, fine. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I like that a lot actually. Uh, T Vanis Sky, um, I, I'm going to have to slightly edit on the fly because there's a bit of homophobia in here, but I'll try and get around it. Uh, L'Oreal Bangs is a wrestler and a hairdresser. Um, I think we can find where the homophobia comes in. Uh, his tag team partner is Barbe Rick, who is a George the Animal Steel doppelganger, big bald with an extremely uh, hairy body. Together they make up the team Two P, uh, although it should be read Two Pay. Uh, but the crap gimmick production always never, uh, always gets it wrong. The pun on P is also one of their favourite jabs the opponents try to take on them, to which they respond, to P or not to P, that is the answer. <laughs> 2P's theme begins with hair-cutting sound effects, a la Dolph Ziggler, followed by an annoying electrical shaver sound, a la right to censor. So the, mm, uh, they come out in a low-rider convertible that is completely covered in body hair. By bouncing up and down, the car loses lots and lots of hair. <laughs> right. Get ready for the puns. Right, okay. L'Oreal steps uh, onto the car and makes the production cut the music. He rambles, now let me tell you something, brother hair. I'm a, I'm a coiffeur. I don't need a chauffeur. He insults the audience by telling them that the city's hairdressers suck. Uh, then week by week, he recounts all the people that he's seen with bad hair. Weekly pop culture references like Enzo Amore did. Uh, Barbe Rick. I'm trying to work out what Barbe Rick. I'm trying to think, what, am I missing the pun there? I don't know. Because it's like it's Barber. Yeah. But is it Barber Rick? Barber. Okay, we'll go with Barber Rick I, as the name then. Maybe, I don't know. Um, answers his calls by, hell, by yelling, Hey, yeah! <laughs> uh, Bang also has a list of 1,004 places on the human body where people have bad hair, uh, but never makes it past arm hair. <laughs> L'Oreal Banks firmly believes that he is groomed to be the one who can make the best out of anyone's hair. Then we go into uh, signature moves. Which is uh, includes the uppercut, razor's edge, one wig angel, and a violent head massage. L'Oreal Bangs uses the dreaded headlock, head scissors, electric hair drop, and the hair hug. A bear hug, but to just the hair. And by the way, he illustrates uh, illustrious hair will have unbelievable strength, and they can flip people like Joey Ryan's penis. Mm. Certainly is crap. <laughs> 
Yeah, outside of the, some of the, the, the homophobia that you had in this, I thought it was a very, very funny... I really enjoyed it. I got a big kick out of it. Mm. Um, I like it a lot, actually. Mm. And I can see it as a trading card. You can see it as a trading card. Hairdressers. Yeah. Yeah. L'Oreal Bangs. And what do we call him? Barbaric, as we decided, Bob, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that, one, that one might need a bit of work. Uh, and our last submission comes in from Stephen, who says, Hi, guys. Uh, we are happy CGW is making a triumph in return. Great timing with Raw Season 2 right around the corner because this comes in from Stephen of Stephen and Giovanna fame. Aww. You can see at the top of our set right here. Um, we'd like to just check him. We'd like to introduce to you the interviewee. The interviewee is a person who comes to the ring dressed in a business attire, carrying a briefcase full of mint, a super sticky lint roller, stapler markers, business cards, DVDs of their best matches, and resumes. <laughs> and use these items if the interview goes badly. They can be either man, woman, child, dinosaur, anything really. Uh, usually, they will have to, uh, will do anything to please management and the fans, seeing everything like it's an interview. Unlike traditional combat, action, sports, entertainment, and entrances, the interviewee shows up 15 minutes early for their match, even if there's one already taking place. <laughs> I want that more fleshed out. Yeah, I think that could be really funny. I That's like the what, idea yeah. of like you're doing it. Yeah. Like a jobber who's actually doing it as an audition. Yes. Like, yeah. That would yeah. be great, I think. I but think that needs a bit of, bit more work. Yeah. Because you did have some other stuff in there, but it didn't quite work. So you've got like that there is your really good bare bones. Mm-hmm. And then just like flesh out from there. And I think you can, might, might have a real good win on your hands. So I guess for me, it's between uh, 2P or um, Wrestleman or Rest Hold'em. Let's see, what, let's see what people are going to say in the chat. Uh, so we'll kind of talk about this for sort of a couple of minutes, but we'll give you a chance to read, or is it, to put in who you think we should sign. But what are your mm. thoughts? Uh, none of them. <laughs> it's my thoughts. Okay, well, Ashley says, if the hair one's been accepted, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we should do the hair one. Uh, I think it, I think I liked the moves of the hair one. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I don't. I'm not necessarily on board with one the homophobia and two the uh, um, just the car full of hair. <laughs> I don't because that it's that, just it's a bit dumb. But that's kind of why I liked it because yeah, it was just like it, not, like it literally makes no sense. Well, that's the point. It makes no sense. I like them when they're more like kaiju makes perfect sense. Like everything kaiju does makes sense and is kaiju. Yeah. Uh, the the car full of hair is not hairdressers. Hairdressers, no. I imagine their cars are immaculate. Yeah, I would have thought so. Uh, because they hoover up all the hair at home. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then, sorry, at work, not at home. Ah, Lewis is actually in the chat, Art Man Lou, who does our trading cards, who says that we've already got a Pokemon-themed one called Cinder Godem. There you go. I obviously missed that one. I need to find, where's Crap Gimmick Wrestling? Right, carry on, let me find this. See, and yeah, Pokemon 1, uh, I liked it, but I would have preferred it if it was like manager and team. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have known who the other wrestlers. I wouldn't just want them to be like with random people from the Crack Gimmick Wrestling roster. I want them to have custom wrestlers who are yeah. their Pokemon. Let me see if I can find because I wonder if, if he's already done the art, the artwork for him. Oh, oh those like, are fantastic! They're so good, aren't they? Ah, it's because we haven't got a trading card for them so far. Ah. I don't think, Lou. Um, so uh, people, but people are saying that the, the Pokemon one is the best one. But we've already got a ah, Pokemon. I one. like this one. No, because uh, it's Robber Me, one of our um, uh, moderators there, just says, just say it's a Digimon one instead. <laughs> yeah, well, we could just do that. Yeah. There we go. There's our uh, way around it. the solution. All right, we're signing the Digimon one. <laughs> signing the Digimon <laughs> one. 
So congratulations. We just need a handshake on that one to confirm. Rest Hold'em, the Digimon trainer. The Digimon not a, trainer. Not a Pokemon trainer whatsoever. Yep. Good stuff. into our Patreon mailbag. Thank you all so much for our amazing pledge hammers over on Patreon for getting in touch this week with leaving your questions in the community section. If you want to do something, become one of our pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount at WrestleTalk. No, sorry, at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Leave a comment in the community tab with the headline mailbag. I will find it. Do not email it to me because I will just lose it. I'm very bad at my job. This first one comes in from Ket who says, hello, WrestleTalk. How do you feel about gimmick matches appearing on uh, multiple times on a pay-per-view? To me, it feels repetitive because matches like Hell in a Cell are supposed to be a big deal. So this is like, you know, having yep. two Hell in a Cell matches, two Money in the Bank matches, two Royal Rumble matches, two Elimination Chamber matches. Well, sometimes three of, like, Hell in a Cell and stuff as well. Mm, they have done before, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we've, I've said this a lot of times on this show, but I don't like... I don't like the gimmicked pay-per-views anyway. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm, I'm looking more at Hell in a Cell and probably an Elimination Chamber. Money in the Bank, I think, works because that feels like it's become an annual tradition yep. to have the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I actually preferred Money in the Bank when it was a match at WrestleMania, but, you know, yep. you can't have everything. Um, so I like... I couldn't think of enough hard name, hard-sounding names, though, could they for <laughs> pay-per-views? Backlash. But I don't like... Two Hell in a Cell matches. I like Hell in a Cell to be saved for the blow off to a feud as opposed to being the yeah. start of a feud. Um, the same with the Elimination Chamber. I think it's just a bit, it's a bit much at times. So yeah, I, I I'm on that side of the the, the coin. I yeah, I, I think I'm, I sit in the sort of same boat with that stuff. As it, I think the it shouldn't be a pay per view because it, when it's a pay per view, it means it has to be scheduled on a certain month, which means that magically suddenly everybody has to be like this can only be settled inside a gigantic cage. Like it, it just means that you're forcing a feud to feel like that. Whereas the first feuds that ever used the Hell in the Cell or used these gimmicks in the first place, that felt like the only solution. Like they they worked that into the the sort of structure of the feud to be like, well, there's a reason this is happening. There's a reason you want to go in the Hell in the Cells because he wants to get away from him. And so they're going to be locked in there together, not just like, well, they hate each other, so we're going to lock them in a cage and see what happens. Like yeah. it's it's just. It just means the storytelling is a bit all over the place. And it would actually be more special if Hell in the Cell wasn't a pay-per-view and you could just, when a feud felt right, go, completely. here's the Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, completely. Uh, Kevin says, hey, Luke, Ollie, Pete, Laurie, Simon, Val, Andy, and whoever else is in the room. I am Kevin, in all caps lock, the guy that for some reason Luke and Ollie love to shout my name very loud. Yes, I know it's capitals, but still. Well, that's exactly why. It's because mm-hmm. your name's written in, in caps lock, so we're going to shout Kevin. It also just reminds me of Home Alone. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm just I'm in a, an airplane seat. I just go Kevin. And I, just, <laughs> uh, I just became a pledge hammer since I think it's an easy way for me to support the boys. Thank Hashtag you. lovely time with the boys. Thank you very much. My question: What are your thoughts on Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard for the Impact World Championship? Am I the only one who thinks that their rivalry doesn't need the title? Keep up the good work, from Kevin. Um, I like it. I, this, I think it's a statement from Impact, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's like I, obviously their rivalry. I, I, I also agree that their rivalry probably doesn't need the world title, but uh, without it, it's not actually quite as momentous, is it? Like the the idea that Tessa Blanchard is now going for the the world championship in Impact, like that that's a big deal, mm-hmm. and that actually puts quite a lot of pressure on the that kind of elevates the feud to that next level that maybe it needed to go to after they've already had quite brutal bloody matches 
So this is like the next. This is like the. I feel that this is kind of the logical conclusion, really, mm-hmm. to their feud. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to address. I think someone has been in the comments on the chat has been very upset about um, giving it uh, attention to someone who had a homophobic, um, well, a homophobic elements to a character that they submitted. Mm-hmm. That's why I worked around it because actually it turns out the homophobic element that they had had nothing to do with the character. Right. It was just. I, I just think probably maybe. They didn't realize they were being offensive with that. So I just thought, I'll just take that bit out. But mm-hmm. it's worth pointing out to them if they are watching, by the way, you did this and it was wrong. Yeah. Because if you don't address that, then they're never going to learn. Mm. But, there, but actually, it turns out it had nothing to do with the character, which is why I thought we could just edit around that. Because the rest of it did have some good points to it. Cool. Um, right. Flaming Live said, if you had to bring back one legend for one final run and a one-year contract, whether it's in WWE, AEW, New Japan, or TNA, which I think it's Impact Wrestling, uh, which legend would you choose? Where would you put them? Uh, yeah. Uh, he says, my idea is DDP. He would love to see DDP have a, a, as a surprise partner for a tag team championship match with Randy Orton. Oh. They essentially have a cutter off. <laughs> And then that leads to a feud. Uh, leads to a uh, Lisa leaves WWE retirement match. So yeah, so you're a legend for one a more run. Legend for one more run. I think I'm I'm kind of getting the one that I want because my original I, I had a, a fantasy booking warfare pitch I think a few years ago. It wasn't a fantasy book warfare, but I think I was just like here's what I would like to happen in this year. It was Goldust has one last big run, and you uh. play it off as like a big legend run. But I feel like we're um, sort of possibly going in that direction for AEW because he is the legend that is there. So you could push Goldust in AEW as like, this is your one last run at this title. Mm-hmm. Particularly if it gets someone like Jericho because Cody couldn't win the belt off him and he's not allowed to challenge him for the belts ever again. Yeah. So Goldust could be like, I'm going to win it in your honor and I'm going to put my I'm going to put my career on the line in order to get that. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's, that's I think like Dustin is more the level of someone I would want to be doing a Legends run because actually I find Legends runs quite depressing <laughs> yeah. usually. Yeah. So like I there's I like Legends coming back for like one-off appearances but I think a whole run is quite over, like normally too much. Mm-hmm. I feel like Michaels is probably the only person I think probably still got something in him. Some, yeah. Somewhere in there. Somewhere Shawn in Michaels, there, yeah. you know, there's sti- like, you know, he's sti- The bald head makes me sad. He's though. always going to be capable of just coming back and doing something good. So yeah. Maybe Michaels. Uh, Richard says, uh, do you guys think, um, hey guys, do you think Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, would be more popular than Rock Austin Undertaker if he was in the Attitude Era? I'm going to say no on that one because, like, Rock and Austin were just another level of popularity yeah that i do not think that the fiend would have been able to and uh, and the undertaker had such legendary status Mm -hmm. that i don't think he would have been more popular than the undertaker either Uh, like fiend's thing is very like 2020 like you know 2019 2020 it's like it's it's quite meta it's a like it's self-knowing it it somehow exists across two different like planes of existence planes of existence uh austin was just a man who wasn't doing what his boss told him yeah, which was relevant for the time. Which yeah. was really relevant for the time. And I think, like, and the same with The, the Rock was just very funny. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, they're both really good in the ring. But, like, I think the main thing is that their characters were just very simple to grasp yeah. at a time where, like, anti-heroism and standing up for yourself was a very big, important thing in culture. And they kind of both occupied that sort of realm so I don't know. I like the the fiend. I think would be too complex for the time. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure there would be room for anyone in in a in a ring with 
Rock and Austin. I also think as well that like in that period of time, like the reason why the Fiend sticks out now is because he's so different to everything else. Mm-hmm. Like in the Attitude Era, though, you would have just been like, I mean, you're in there with a porn star, a, a, a pimp, a, a bloody vampire, an Olympic gold medalist. Like everyone has got the gimmick. Yeah, like, yeah has got, 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 got so you, something. Yeah, so you do. You just sort of fall into the shuffle. You'd end up yeah. being Gangrel. Well, because weirdly, yeah, what they what happened post Rock and Austin was they tried to make everyone Rock and Austin, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which was just like just say things, like yeah. just just say funny things and. Be mean to your boss. That'll get you over. Oh, and it didn't work this time. Damn it, not this time. Dylan uh, says, if you could swap one current main roster WWE title with a defunct one, what would you pick? For me, I would swap the Universal Championship with the big gold belt. Ooh. And I do like that big gold belt. I mean, I'll be honest, when it, like, I was never a fan of, and I kind of contradict myself here a little bit, I was never the biggest fan of the big gold belt because I liked the WWF championship. That Attitude Era WWF championship, that's that's my favorite world title. Yeah. And I always thought the big gold belt was just a bit, it was just too big and it was too gold. But in the cold hard light of 2019 when all belts look like toys, I'm like, actually, the gold belt was beautiful. What a yeah. nice belt it was. Oh, yeah. So I, I look back on that belt and I love it in hindsight. So, but I, I don't think I was the biggest fan of it at the time. So I lo- I love all the old school belts. I love the like I like them looking like boxing championships. I like that being kind of mm-hmm. the the vibe rather than like you said they all look like toys now. So I'd be like, bring about the WCW title. Yeah, <laughs> make that the Universal <laughs> title. I mean, I agree. Like I I think bringing back big gold. Yeah. Instead of that Universal Championship because I do not like the Universal. I, I I like it even less now. It's blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, where did we get to? James says, uh, became a pledge hammer today because I love the content you guys produce and I felt like I wanted to contribute even more if it's just in a small way. I was introduced to Rust Talk by my lady partner's brother and I've loved it ever since. The Rust Talk reviews are always full of insightful analysis and hilarity. In every pay-per-view episode of TV, I'm excited for for the next day so I can hear what the lads have to say. In fact, I don't even watch Raw or SmackDown because I preferred to watch them on the review instead. Now that I'm a pledge hammer, I can finally ask the question. What can WWE realistically do to restore the audience audience's faith in main roster shows thank you for all the great work lovely time with the boys what can they do uh i mean the obvious thing is have storylines that mean something that go somewhere and good matches to pay off into it yeah which is not what they're doing at any point faith uh, i'm restoring faith in the main roster and I, i do want to preface as well is that i think that it's a small portion of the audience that has lost faith in main roster i yeah. think the actual larger casual audience are just going to remain tuning in. They just like wrestling. Because they like wrestling. Yeah. You know, they, they've just been watching it for a while and there's probably a portion of that that loves everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Because, unfortunately, tribalism in, in wrestling has just made people blindly love something even if you can't, yeah. you don't want to admit that there are faults in there. Um, but I think for the sort of like this niche portion of the audience, sort of like this portion of the audience, is that the hardcore, super, super duper hardcore fans, it's restoring faith is going to take years. Yeah. It's going to be you know, like if you if 2020 was like an amazing year from start to end, then you'd be like, OK, well, I think we might be onto something here. Like even if you had a three month run where you're like, God, this has been amazing TV week after week. Pay-per-views have just been brilliant. The work rate's been incredible. You just sort of have to slowly build it back up. Yeah. And it is, as you said, like for me, it is storylines that make sense giving characters room to breathe, giving characters purpose, giving matches stakes, mm-hmm. and allowing the talent to go out there and have five-star matches. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, they don't allow them to do. Yeah. Or at least they seem to. So, I, yeah, and I would say, and I'd say probably, the, like, the, I think the main thing is, is, is like, and I, I know fans always bang on about the idea of being listened to, mm-hmm. but it is, I think it's not 
listening to everyone shouting. It's listening to the sort of broader sweep of momentum that gets behind people and finally like paying off on that because ultimately the product is being made yes for them to make money but yes for our enjoyment mm-hmm. so if people are going no but we want becky lynch to be the champion and we're all getting behind her maybe don't try and turn her heel <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. if people are going oh kofi 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 like and then you do kofi mania and everyone's like crazy in love with that and yes it was the right time for kofi to lose the belt but let him go out on a way that doesn't make the whole thing this thing that felt like kind of quite a big cultural moment, especially in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, feel like it was a like an afterthought. A waste of time. Because also like also that I get the tactic as well. It's a really good heat tactic. But maybe we're past the cheap heat stage yeah. of wrestling and now. We are po- we are post cheap heat. Yeah, it's Lesnar as well. Like Lesnar doesn't need cheap heat. No. It's Brock Lesnar. Lesnar beating Kofi after a really good match where Kofi almost wins mm-hmm. would have got as much heat as Kofi losing in seven seconds but it would have done less to it would have done far less to harm Kofi yeah and it was the first time Kofi felt like he was, he was pushed in a legit match because yeah. all of his other title defenses would have been against Dolph Ziggler and just felt like he was always a mid-card guy yeah like I think they, they made the right choice with Kofi Mania but never followed up on it. And, Brock, yeah, and, Brock, and also, Brock is Brock is the guy to take a belt off someone. If you if you need a belt taken off someone, you bring in Brock Lesnar because people go, Brock Lesnar can beat anyone. Yeah. But don't make the other person look like Brock Lesnar is like. If Brock's around, what's how is anyone going to win the belt off him? Completely. Matt Field. Uh, Seth Rollins can. Sorry. Oh yes, yeah, twice no less. Yeah, but he can't beat the fiend, can he? Matt Field says, Hi Luke, Ollie, El Fagador, Chopper Beat, and Dave, just Dave. In kayfabe, how would you explain why The Fiend has yet to wrestle a match on TV? Ooh. I've never... It's such an interesting question because I've never even considered that he doesn't wrestle on TV because I've always thought, that just makes sense. Yeah. Save it for pay-per-views. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to build up to people signing up for things on pay-per-views... You withhold the one thing that's the hottest in the company until yeah. the pay per view, because especially like, and it's custom made with Bray as well because it's like he doesn't even look like the character on TV. Yeah, he looks like something completely different. But the question I like though is that it's not a business set reason; it's a kayfabe reason. Yeah, that's just really hard to answer. I just think because he like it's I, I guess because the fiend is like. A manifestation of Bray's ego, anyway. Like mm. the fiend is like the, I think the whole Firefly Funhouse, and what's brilliant about it is that it's clearly all come out of like damaged ego from all the matches that he's lost with all these different people, and he's got this list he's kind of working to, which is kind of why I didn't want to see him as a Universal Champion. I would have rather just seen him sort of do his own weird Legend Killer gimmick, yeah. where he's just like, "Well, I need to get revenge on you, 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 and you," and go through all of that. So I guess to him, it's not important. Like, he wants to build it and do it on, like, the biggest stage. He wants his revenge to happen at a point where he's going to, like, embarrass people the most. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience on that one. Of mm. Why they think in a kayfabe world, why... Yeah, such that's a really interesting question. I, I honestly don't have an answer to it. Uh, Jobber JJ says, Hello, Swaff Nation and WrestleTalk crew. My question is about squash matches. The past few weeks, squash matches are not connecting with the audience. So is there a place for squash matches or will they be phased out? Have a what, what, wonderful day. Uh, I think there's a place for squash matches. Um, it depends how you do them. And you've got to limit them. That's yeah. the problem. The reason why, for me, the reason why um, 
the Viking Raider squash matches aren't connecting with people. It's because they've been doing it since April. Yeah. Like, we are in December. Yeah. And they're still doing the same match they were doing when they first started. Uh, yeah, and that you, you do that to position new people in a like to make them look strong but then they're already like they're holding the belts yeah they're already looking strong that like that is the signifier of looking <laughs> yeah. strong that's literally the medal that yeah, you win totally. for being strong so they don't need to be beating up jobbers because also like if you were the champions why would you be in a match against jobbers like at least i think nxt did it with those guys do you remember the one where they had the, they had a couple of matches? They had some jobbers come out and they squashed yeah. them, and they were like, "Well, send us some send more." Us, yeah. They squashed some more, and then they were like, "Well, anyone else?" Like you know, yeah. that kind of thing could be quite good, and you could run through some of the lower tiers of the locker room in that same breath. Completely, yeah. Um, and I, I think it's just a, the amount doing five in one show. They have five squash matches on Raw mm. on Monday. It's too many squash matches well, the, because not, because they, uh, when you do five, none of them mean anything. Mm. But they're, they're they're not satisfying to watch. Like, they are a means to an end in terms of, like, overall wrestling storytelling. And you should use them for people who are already really popular. So if you have Alistair Black, who has this really amazing entrance that people want to see, yeah. and then he just does a spinning kick to people's heads and then gets the pin and everyone goes crazy, then you do that once a show, obviously. But the di- the, problem, the difference was it was flipped with Alistair Black because every time he started having longer matches people were like no just kick him in the head Baron Corbin had the same thing yeah. in NXT because when Baron Corbin's in NXT he was the squash match guy and the, the crowd would count along with how long the matches were because his whole gimmick was I have short matches if the, sh- if the match went past 15 or 20 seconds they sat to boo because mm. they like no this match has gone on too long now yeah. Um, but yeah I think for me it's, you, you can only do it for a, a certain a finite amount of time yeah Having the Viking Raiders do squash matches in April and still have them do them in December yeah. is not a way to get them over. And it's also a way to strangle the division because yeah. they're the champions. So, like, what's everyone else doing? Yeah. Matthew Muldoon says, Hey, everyone, happy holidays. Would you agree that MJF, with his incredible social media presence and understanding of what makes a great heel in terms of persona, look, and in-ring style, has made the biggest leap forward in 2019? Still can't believe he's only 23. I asked since you're all very high on him before I really knew uh, who he was. I wanted to see if I could ask you the question... I also wanted to see if I were to ask you the same question for this time next year, who do you think will be making a similar leap forward into stardom? Also, on a side note, after listening to the Survivor Series 97 review, which is our Patreon podcast, um, whenever I now think of The Undertaker, I'll be picturing him smoking a cigar, playing dominoes backstage with Luke's granddad. Thanks for that. (laughs) Um, Just very good. So what's the question about? So oh, in, made the biggest 2020, so like in 2020, at this point next year, yeah. who are we going to say they've made the biggest leap in, in the, throughout this year? Which is difficult to answer. But you know who I'd like to see it be? Go on. Jimmy Havoc. Mm. I would absolutely love if this time next year, we're all talking about like Jimmy Havoc's so good. Like he is on a big, big platform. He's had these amazing storylines, these amazing matches, he's done these amazing promos. And he is just one of like the best things not like a top guy mm-hmm. in 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 AEW but a guy that we're like I can't wait to see the next Jimmy thing yeah or you know like Darby Allen I think has had a great 2019 sitting mm-hmm. sort of the second half since with AEW but I'd love it to be Jimmy yeah Orange Cassidy <laughs> yeah good show yeah I want to be like when's the next Orange Cassidy thing happen? yeah totally uh, James Huntley I'm actually going to answer the question as I ask it how do Brits pronounce Worcestershire sauce Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. I think it's because Americans would say Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah. Mm. It's sheer. Yeah. Uh, Sean Dunn says, Merry Christmas. Uh, 
I am really loving the content at the moment. There seems to be more to dig in deeper without those super chats, like Dave explaining Bray's Muscle Man Dance Remix and all the hidden messages. Oh yeah, here's a question. Will there be a WrestleTalk end of year award like NXT? P.S. The Montreal Screwjob podcast, which is our one uh, the other person just referenced, was fantastic. I really thought Brett was doing the WCW sign happen live on TV. It's crazy. Yeah, we talk about how we've all got this memory of at the end of that pay- that pay-per-view ends with Brett doing the WCW sign in the crowd. Yeah. It's not. The actual broadcast ends way before that. Mm. But because it's been used so much in all of the documentaries they've ever done about the Montreal Screwjob, I think we've all thought in our head now that happened on the show. Mm. So it was very interesting to go back and, and re-watch. Um, so uh, he also says naughty words with the boys. So, um, I mean, to be honest, I would argue that we were still going deep into things with the Super Chats. It's just the shows were then running an hour and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> now we don't have the, the, the Super Chats. Easy to pay attention. It is indeed, yeah. Uh, but, so the question, will there be WrestleTalk year-end awards? There will be. See, si, senor. Not only that, they're going to be fan-voted. Oh. So we're going to have... Um, you our- them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the, pa- the plan currently is we're going to have a load of categories and we're going to have our uh, patrons are going to suggest who should be nominated for those. And then the audience will have uh, about a week or so to nominate the people they think that should win uh, the awards at the annual Swafties. Mm. Yes. I probably shouldn't have said this live on next. We might not do it now. It's going to be one of those things where Ollie turns around and goes like, I haven't got time to do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look forward to it or not. <laughs> let's, let's just say... It might happen. Yeah. Uh, Tom Delves says, Hey, WrestleTalk staff and alumni. I'm really not sure how to word this or even where to start off, so I'll just dive in. Villain Enterprises in AEW, but with Brody Lee instead of Brody King. Marty, PCO, and Flip are all obvious, but everyone else realizes it's just a different big Brody. Love to know your thoughts. Love the work. Love to know it's just a different big Brody. Just a different big Brody. I'm I'm excited to see what uh, Harper does when he leaves WWE. Which feels like an inevitability at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think his contract's up in like April. Mm-hmm. Uh, like well, that. no, I think it's the summer. Is it? Yeah, because okay. of the, they added so much. Oh, time the revivals. The, the revivals. Yeah. April, but Dash is like ten weeks later. Yes. Yeah. His is. I think yeah. His is like June or something. But yeah. Scott Dawson's is in April. Yeah. And then Harper's is up in. I think with all the time extended onto the summer of 2020, his contract expires. Yeah. It's a little bit longer, mate. Yeah, a little bit longer. Then <laughs> yeah. To be Broly again. Um. Yeah, I don't know if they're just putting him in. I, I kind of just want to see him run out on his own. Like what I've been loving about Mox is that he's just he's on, he's a rogue. He's on his own. Yeah. He's not affiliated with any group. And I kind of want to see the same thing with Harper because like the thing with Harper is that WWE have always just been wanting to put him in groups. Yeah, like he only had one run as a singles guy after the White family split up, and then when they felt that didn't work, which I felt it did, I thought it was a wicked run. Just put him back with the Wyatt family, then just put him with uh, Rowan against the Bloodshot Brothers. Someone else from the Wyatt family. Yeah, yeah, and then when that doesn't work, I was like, we'll just put him back with Rowan again. And it just always feels like they're putting him with other people. I'd like to see yeah. him have a, a run on his own. Well, Vince has got it out for him, doesn't he? So <laughs> it's not like, uh, it's not easy. I, and I think also on the subject of villain enterprises in AEW, not yet. I think Marty's return to the elite fold mm. should be to cement the elite yeah. as like a cohesive unit again to take on the inner circle. And then you do that storyline, and then if you're ever going to break up the elite on TV, Villain Enterprises is a really cool way to do it. I'm or Marty's inter- yeah. little villain club thing. I'm interested to see what happens with Marty, because he's got Final Battle, yeah. I think next week, uh, for Ring of Honor. So that is, in theory, his last date. Yeah. But uh, according to some reports, this is going to be my news that goes up uh, shortly after this video, Will. Um 
Ring of Honor have been making him, quote, insane and, quote, massive offers in order to get him to stay. Yeah. And it, so it's whether or not Marty chooses to keep those or to, to take those big, big, big offers or go to AEW. Because apparently, according to the same report, Tony Khan has had a couple of, uh, has had a bout of buyer's remorse. Yeah. with some of the people that he'd contracted this year because they spent so much money on these big contracts. You know, the, the contracts that Jericho and Jim Ross are talking about, which are like the biggest contracts yeah. I've ever been offered. And now Tony Khan, apparently, according to this report, has got a bit of a buyer's remorse on some of them. According to the same report, Chris Statlander is only on a short-term deal. Mm-hmm. So is Tony Khan going to fork out the money to compete with the Ring of Honor contract? Yeah. And if you're Marty, do you want to stick with Ring of Honor or do you want to go and hang out with your mates? Do you want to you know, stay in Ring of Honor, make loads of money, or go and work with your mates for perhaps a lower rate, maybe on a shorter term deal, yeah. and and give up what you could get with Ring of Honor? So it's a really interesting situation for him. Like Meltzer, it's he completely flipped on this whole thing now. Like two weeks ago, he would have said it's a sure thing the that Marty's he's going. That go. he's going. But now he's like it's fifty mm-hmm. fifty. He doesn't know. Yeah, it was too hard. Isn't it? I would because, imagine that Marty doesn't. Know. But it was. A, but it was a very similar deal, I guess, that with like uh, Omega and the Bucks and all that. Like when All Elite was on the table and that was kind of being talked about, and WWE was offering these stratospheric amounts with opt out clauses yeah. and all this kind of stuff that they never ever do to get to try and like lure Omega and that lot over there and they all went nah we'll do our own thing yeah we'll go which, which was even I guess even more sketchy because they didn't even know if that was going to be a success no Marty's at least walking into something that is successful yeah um, so yeah so it's a very very interesting situation I'm, I'm so curious because like yeah, final battle in, in theory. His contract ended at the end of November. Mm-hmm. So we'll see on that one. I'm, you know, we, might, we might not know until early next year. Uh, but lastly, we've got a question from Lorenzo Haynes, who did have a question for Ollie, but um, he's not here, obviously. So we'll do that question next week. I'll answer it. <laughs> no. Uh, but he asks, do I ever add mint or honey to my tea? No, I do not. Not if it's like a lemon tea? Uh, no. I, I, I'd add, like, when I, an ex-girlfriend of mine, when I was unwell, would... Um, do like honey um, like with lemonade or like to do like honey lemon tea mm-hmm. to try and make me feel better with some cloves in there to try and like clean out all the senses but I haven't really done this I wouldn't add it cup. to a regular cup of tea no not to a regular cup of tea because I like the taste of tea yeah I like peppermint tea I mm. like lemon tea with honey in yeah uh, does that count? but I don't, I'm not going to add that to my Yorkshire tea no Yorkshire brew absolutely yeah, exactly. not mate <laughs> ruin it Horrible. Absolutely awful. Terrible idea. <laughs> anyway. Why would you even ask that? Uh, what are your plans for the weekend? Uh, we've got oh, a thing. Well, we, we, yeah, we, you and we've I are going to a, a, going a Christmas to, party we're going tomorrow. To, I keep in my head saying Rotherham. It's not Rotherham. It's Rochester, <laughs> Rochester. we're going to. Uh, to like, it's in Kent, not New York. Yeah, to peruse uh, Christmas markets and... See a baby. I'm really excited. Swap presents. I'm excited for both elements of that. Seeing the baby. Yeah. And going to the Christmas market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. So doing that. And then Sunday, I am sorting myself out because we're going to Budapest on, or Budapest, as I keep being told to say, on Monday. <laughs> um, yeah. So that'll be it. How long are you going to Budapest for? Four days. Four days, Back on mate. Thursday. Back on yeah. Thursday. You got any plans while you're out there? Just sightseeing? Yes. If you ask me what sites... I don't know. <laughs> if you ask me, if you ask me this morning what money they have in Hungary, I would have said the euro. And it's, it's not true. It's oh. the florent. Oh well, mm. you know, don't say this podcast uh, podcast isn't educational. Mm. They do take euros in places. 
I was intending to just pay for everything on my Monzo card. Yeah, good mm. shout. Yeah, I know. It was a good shout. Like a Billy Big Ball. <laughs> going Keep over, track on Going it. over there, alphaing them all in Hungary. <laughs> Euros or Florent, I don't care. Boop! Never, never give me my dinner. <laughs> never thought of going to Budapest. I would have said Budapest as well, in, mm-hmm. in fairness. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know it was in Hungary. Mm. I realised that my lack of I, my lack of sort of just general knowledge is quite appalling. I don't know why people want me on a pub quiz team. Yeah. So they hope that some really niche category is going to come up that I'll be <laughs> super handy in. This this round is the Bret Hart round. <laughs> and I'm like, good. Yeah, I'm in. I've been waiting for this. There we go. Now yeah. we got there. Books I read in the last week would be my round. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise I forget anything about. <laughs> I'm barely keeping up with June that I'm reading at the moment. I can't actually. I noticed you were reading. I can't actually process June. what's happening. It's in a my lot head. in there, though. Yeah, I mean, it's I've read like 50 pages so far, and it's been one conversation, and they're not even on June yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the films like that. The film, mm. the first half hour of that film is just various different scenes of various different people saying various different bits mm. of exposition. You want a knife? Mm. And then at the end of it, they're like... Your magic. Uh, what? Your did you prophecy. Rem- did you remember two scenes earlier? It's like, no, I'm still trying to process the last one I watched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or indeed, the first one with the big giant floats. What's that one? It seems intriguing, is all I'm going to say about yeah. it. But in a sort of, I think I'm confused. <laughs> and that's why it's... In- I'm like, mm, a mystery. There's no mystery. I just don't understand. I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> Uh, right, let's see what we've got in the podcast mailbag. This comes in from Dylan, who says, Hello, Rest Talk family. Just wanted to give a big Swaff Nation shout-out to my lady partner, Ashleen, who surprised me with tickets to NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool in January as we celebrate our one-year anniversary. She managed to get them within two hours, uh, or within the two hours that they sold out. Goes without saying that I'll be bringing a support WrestleTalk sign to the event. Why not get yourself a t-shirt as well? Safe to say, I found myself a keeper. Hopefully we'll have a few Rusev Haste to email in afterwards. For now, enjoy this picture of me and the best person I've ever met. And that's a picture of our buddy Dylan with his lovely lady partner, Aww. Ashleen. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff, mate. So, uh, I hope you enjoy... Wholesome content. Hope you enjoy uh, that underbooked promotion. Mm. It's not their fault. No. no. I mean, t- the last take... The last UK takeover was awesome. It's great. So Cardiff you are in for a treat. Yeah, oh, that's it. That's the UK it. lads do pull out all these stops. What you're in for is a card that will be very poorly promoted, but will be brilliant. Yeah, and you might you not there. have, and I guess like, unless you've been following along, very little idea of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the matches are really, really good. going to be great, yeah. Uh, this comes in from uh, Eli, who says, Hey, Luke and the gang. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just wanted to email on a couple of things. This past week's AEW was really my favourite. Uh, this is obviously in reference to last week's AEW podcast mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the Butcher and the Blade debut. Solely for that reason, I love these two so much. I'm a regular emailer and listen to the podcast. Uh, podcast, Kicking Ass with Andy and Jesse. Andy's band, Every Time I Die, is my favourite band and I hadn't popped as hard for a debut since AJ's during the Rumble. I hope everyone likes them too. Um, we also had an email in about uh, Simpson episode recommendations mm-hmm. because someone, despite being around the same age as us, has never seen The Simpsons. Whoa. Which I think is quite impressive. That is impressive. But they just got Disney Plus, so they were like, can you recommend me some episodes to watch? Yeah. Our general answer was start at season three and stop at season nine. Yeah. Maybe season ten. Um, watch the good stuff. Exactly, the golden years. Mm. Um, but I, you know, there's a couple of uh, em- uh, episodes I certainly would recommend, like um, Last Temptation of Homer, which is the Mindy episode, which I think is absolutely classic. The Monorail episode is is brilliant. Um, who Shot Mr. Burns? Who Shot Mr. Burns, parts one and two. Ollie recommended uh, You Only Move Twice, the Hank Scorpio episode. Mm-hmm. And our friend Eli here has got some recommendation of his own, Homer the Great, which was the, sco- uh, the Stonecutters 
episode. Oh, yeah. With a great, great song. Uh, Treehouse of Horror, Time and Punishment. I'm just going to Google which one that is. Which Treehouse that was. That's Treehouse 5. Okay. And that is the one where everyone becomes uh, Ned, I believe, and the cafeteria, the, the, the one where they, they cook and eat the kids. Oh, yeah. Some good stuff in that one. Um, and the last one he recommends is Bart versus Australia. Oh, yeah. Which is good. Mm. So, uh, thank I recommend you. watching South Park instead. Oh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> controversial. Uh, it's this not on e- Disney Plus, though, so just watch Recess. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> or Goof Troop. Yeah, any of those. Darkwing Duck. That's any, of the old, any of the old cartoons. Yeah. Much better. Disney Afternoon stuff. If you want to go really obscure with your Disney Afternoon and you want to see complete car crash Disney afternoon stuff where they had one idea that idea completely fell apart before the first episode even started and it became this complete mess is bonkers which was a very very bad show with beautiful animation Mm. but it is a total mess that does not know what it is anymore because it was initially supposed to be a Roger Rabbit cartoon Mm. and then through all the fallings out they had with Steven Spielberg they couldn't do Roger Rabbit anymore and so they just had to create this new character but still effectively make it Roger Rabbit mm. but it just does not work <laughs> uh, and lastly this email comes in from Safe who says hi Luke, Ollie and whoever else is in hope you're having a good day uh, first thing when I listen to your Dynamite podcast uh, you were attending the Acast Christmas party which popped me so hard because that's the podcast provider I use to podswaft I know I'm not alone I always assumed Apple Podcasts would be your most, most popular along with Spotify so to clarify that Acast is our podcast um, provider that's who hosts our podcast. Uh, but you are right there where you were right to assume that Apple is like the Apple Podcasts app is our most used. And mm-hmm. then I believe it's Spotify and then I think Acast. Um, uh, but yeah, and asks, anyway, I just wanted to ask you, what's your favorite games console ever? I personally loved having the Nintendo Wii as a kid because of the amazing sports games my family and I could play together. I'm too young for the GameCube, but I remember my friend had a DS and I was all, and it was always the coolest thing ever. The PS3 also is a good one, but nothing comes close to the Wii for me. Thanks again for the great podcast content. I'd always just list them all, I think. Like, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like maybe the PlayStation, the first PlayStation was like my favorite console, but that's because that was the one... I'd had a NES, I'd had a, sorry, I'd had a SNES and a, a Mega Drive, but I was never any good at games because I was too young. Mm. And so, like, I never really got into it. And then I think I was nine and I got bought a PlayStation. And then I was like, okay, this is my thing now. And yeah. I'm going to get really good at it's this. my jam. And that's when I suddenly started to understand how games were played, how you could actually finish them, and see <laughs> the credits, um, all of that stuff. So that, I think that's my most of my memories of playing games is on PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to go Mega Drive because that was the console I got when I was, you know, a nipper. But the PlayStation 2 had an absolutely cracking library oh, of games. Oh, PlayStation 2 was awesome. Like an unlimited amount of cracking games. Yeah, PlayStation them. 2 was when I was working at a supermarket part-time during school. Mm. And rather than my dad be like, you have to... He was like, you have to go get a job doing part-time work. And I was like, cool. And then he, and rather than him to be like, here's a bank account, put your money in the bank account. <laughs> yeah. He just then left me to it. So every month I was getting given... Five hundred pounds from this supermarket that I just spent on games and CDs. <laughs> yeah. I had so many games. <laughs> right. Well, that's going to bring us to a close uh, on this episode of the podcast. As we said earlier in the show, Ollie is going to be on the SmackDown review tomorrow with Randy Andy Datsun, oh Super Chat's favorite. Randy Andy Datsun. He's very very excited. So go and give him a listen. Go give him a uh, support. He's a lovely little lad, really. Um, and it's going to be a fun show. We think. 
I mean, oh, Laurie's shaking his head. <laughs> uh, and then we'll be back next week. Um, Ollie and I will be doing Raw and AEW. I'm assuming because you're not here, then it will be Simon and Pete doing NXT. I imagine so. Someone should run that by Simon. <laughs> is Simon. Is Simon here? I think Simon's here, yeah. Otherwise, someone's going to have to pull double duty. Oh, yeah. Or bring Dave in. Or two Pete's. Or two, oh, another Randy episode. Yeah, or, no. <laughs> we'll take the channel, Luke. Um, but we've got great content. And actually, of course, uh, uh, TLC <coughs> predictions. Mm. Somehow. Oh, yeah, I need to do that form. I need to remember that form exists. <laughs> well, that's if they announce any bloody matches. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's all we've got time for. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.